What is going on guys, JB here with Code Fellowship, and in this episode I'm going to talk about day one of that conference. Uh, so what this is, a full stack uh, development conference for web developers and software engineers that get together every year in Wisconsin Dells. They also have another event which takes place in Texas, and this particular place in Wisconsin Dells ta uh, takes place at the Kalahari Resort and Water Park. So it's about a total of four days. Uh, the first day is like the pre-conference. So they have workshops uh, that you can attend to. But the main meat and potatoes is the second to the third day. So that's day one, two, and three. I did not get a chance to go to the pre-conference, most likely next year. Uh, this event was a sponsored uh, company trip for any of the team members within my team that wanted to go to the conference. So they paid for our tickets and we just uh, got our way there. So what this conference really enables is plenty. You get 200 plus sessions. It can be about databases, UI, UX. It could be about a mentorship. It could be about GraphQL, um, TypeScript. So various, various different types of workshop, uh, workshops and sessions that are available to you. They have morning keynotes, hands-on learning for families uh, with that or developers that have their families with them uh, it's meant for you to network with other developers and companies as well a lot of the uh, main uh, corridor area or hallway area was full of different companies that are actually sponsors that make this event happen and they would be from like uh, hardware companies like this year alexa was there or you'll have different types of uh, software-based companies, UI companies, or framework companies like uh, Ionic, which is a framework that allows you to use one code base and be able to create an application that works on web natively and natively also on iOS and Android. Uh, so they were there, and that was pretty awesome to get to meet those guys. Um, so it, it was it was a lot of fun and a lots to do. You get exposure to industry leaders. Uh, again, this is a four full day event. The first day is pre-conference. Your families are welcome. Uh, so you when you do buy your tickets, you can add your family members and then they'll get access to uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then the water park as well and all of the resort. And then Overall, the whole uh, basis of this being as a full stack developer is that you know more than one language or one type of syntax, and that can, makes you a polyglot. So it's a very massive event, um, pretty, pretty awesome, and a lot of fun. And this is my first time going to a developer conference of any sort. I'm actually used to going to conferences, and that's usually the automotive conferences in New York. When I used to live there, I was an automotive photographer, and I would go to the New York Auto Show every year. Barely ever missed it, but since I moved to the Midwest, that has changed. And this is no different, right? It's a very similar environment. You get to talk to people, network with people. Um, obviously, you're not taking pictures of cars. So that's, a, that's the only difference here. But you are taking pictures of slides if you want to like uh, go over the information from some of the sessions and just taking notes. And that was pretty awesome. 
within the conference, I also met a YouTuber who is an actual developer uh, for many years, and I have been following him within the last year when I was working for Homeland Security and I was looking for a podcast uh, within the web development space, and I bumped into Compressed.fm, which is hosted by uh, James Quick and Amy Dutton. If you guys want to check that out, I'll leave that in the show notes. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, it'll be in the video description. Then I looked into James Quick, and then James Quick uh, had tutorials about SvelteKit, uh, Svelte, uh, different tutorials on React, on the different uh, databases. It's really humble guy and very, very awesome content that he had and uh he's also a part-time rapper if he's listening uh he's probably gonna chuckle if i say that (laughs) uh but yeah i got to actually meet him during the conference he was a speaker and uh you know a life event happened a week prior uh to this week of that conference where he got laid off from planet scale and i reached out to him on twitter and ask him if he was still going to go because I saw that he was a speaker for one of the sessions. He had two different sessions. One was about um, serverless databases and the other one was about Svelte. And I was really excited to actually not only meet him, but also learn from him in person. So I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome. So he was actually able to make it uh, with his wife and that was history. Um, it was such a cool experience uh, just to be able to learn from some people that you've been watching for quite some time and learning from them online and get to actually meet them in person and learn from them and see if there is any difference in the way they teach. And to be honest, it I felt like there was a difference because you're able to ask more questions, right? It's, it's more interactive. While as with video, you have to wait a couple days or so uh, for or whenever they get to the comments uh, to be able to uh, speak with you. But it but it was uh, very fruitful. So not to beat the dead horse. That was that uh, morning keynote happened. You have breakfast in the morning. And then a morning keynote happens kind of like mid into your breakfast. And then that leads you on to like the next uh, session. So you get like 30 minutes of intermission before you can go to your next session, sometimes an hour. And the first keynote of the week uh, and during this day one was a gentleman that is the VP of development at Blues Wireless. And let me see if I get that correct. I don't want to butcher it. (laughs) Let's see here. All right. Yes. Brandon Stratum or Stratum. He is the VP of developer experience and engineering at Blues Wireless, which is an IoT company. And he gave a really awesome a keynote talk about the the state of IoT and also how certain things happen where some technologies or a technical topics become like hype, but then they go through this phase where there is um, what they call it. 
what's the word they use? They use a really fancy word I've never really used before in my vocabulary. Um, but basically, it's like the trenches is the valley where where everything just sits there and is meant to die or just they plateau and never rise. Uh, so he talked a lot about that. AI, uh, Web3, uh, just this, the state of where we're going with technology and just a little bit of historical information as well. How humans react to technology what's the purpose of us uh, building uh, solutions, the purpose of being a developer, etc. So that's in essence is really what that was. Uh, I didn't really take notes. I, I wanted to really enjoy these keynotes in the morning. So I do apologize if I butcher a lot of this information. Um, but I did take notes for what we're about to talk about next. So then after that, after the keynote, we have the sessions. Uh, there, like I said, about 200 plus sessions, a lot of them, well, all of them, actually, you have, you can choose from uh, various ones within uh, every uh, set time. So at 1030 is where all the first uh, sessions will start. They were in different rooms and different areas of the convention center uh, from the Kalahari Resort. And I went to one that was pretty awesome, and it's called Catch. And Catch basically is a tooling or a platform, a SaaS startup, that helps developers build and deploy privacy policies, cookie consents, and terms of service within just a few clicks. So I use Termageddon for my uh, clients uh, that I build WordPress sites for. And that works really awesome because it's a platform that was built by a lawyer who actually is in the uh, privacy law industry and her husband now as well, who is the co-founder and he's a developer and he had his own agency as well, a creative agency a very long time ago. And they joined forces and they built this uh, awesome platform called Termageddon. But it was super nice to see that uh, there is another offering called Catch. Now, from what I was able to see, the biggest difference between both Catch and Termageddon is that Termageddon is really more non-developer based. So is Catch but non-developer based to the point that it's just really easy to to resell um, they have like a agency licenses uh, it's really easy to acquire and then also the policies they update so if the law changes or some uh, things get adjusted your policy gets updated without you having to do anything uh, so that's that's really cool that's one of the i think the most unique features of termageddon but catch really focus on the developer in mind because you can add it to an application and it's a really small line of a script it's a really small line of a script tag uh, excuse me guys i am going to drink some water is much better and it's also kind of like a what is you can call a low code solution so there is some coding involved but not a lot so the session was led by ryan overton who's a developer advocate at catch 
and also does live coding uh, streams over on Twitch as uh, Developer's Garage. And I will leave links in the show notes uh, for him as well. And also the the company, the tool that I am talking about here. And if you're watching this on YouTube, again, that will be in the video description. So again, as I stated, uh, Catch is a SaaS startup. Uh, Catch deals with privacy policies, cookie consents, in terms of use. Catch is free, which is super nice. And obviously, like any company like this, they'll have like their enterprise uh, solutions that are available. Uh, so there are certain features that you will not get in the free version, but you will get if you inquire about a custom uh, plan or enterprise plan. It has a very intuitive UI UX experience when you create, excuse me, a specific jurisdictions outside of the global standards. So they give you global standards. So you go into the UI and you will see that you will have this global standard jurisdiction. So it applies all the different types of uh, laws in terms of privacy from GDD, uh, GDPR, financial healthcare, CCPA, C. PRA, which is California related, uh, GDOR or LGD, LGPD. Uh, and so those are some to name. And I'm sure that as they keep getting added on over time, uh, they'll keep adding on as well to support those other laws. Uh, so you'll get that global standard, but you can actually create specific jurisdictions. So if you just want to create a specific uh, privacy policy for the, say, the state of California, you can do that. And then you can even uh, start going to create like your uh, cookie consents. And then that can be added to the jurisdiction that you created or the terms of service, etc. So it's pretty nice. I might just actually do like a little demo of this in a separate um, video. So if you're listening to the podcast, make sure to head on over to our YouTube channel and then subscribe. So that way you'll be notified when that video comes out. So as I mentioned, there is a single line of code that you can put into your application and it's very small. So it doesn't uh, take any resources to load. Catch works on mobile applications, as I mentioned before, web applications, OTT, and Web3 apps as well. So that's pretty nice that they also support some of the, the newer trend of development, which is Web3. Um, then we have uh, integrations within Catch with major CRMs, marketing tools, analytics, and personalization softwares. So if you're a type of person that's still using Google Analytics, you can actually integrate this with Google Analytics and uh, also Google Tags Manager. And then you have like CRMs. Uh, that could be from like, uh, uh, what is it? SendGrid or MailChimp, um, marketing tools as well. So that's, they have a very extensive uh, list of support uh, and you guys can check that out over on their website. So it was really, really fun to see uh, the demo that Ryan did and hopefully I can get that demo going for you guys as well uh, sometime here uh, very soon because I think it is a really good option to know that something outside of Termageddon, which I'm used to, is available for developers um, and this can also be used 
I'm sure, on a WordPress website as well. And it's free uh, to start. So uh, it's, it's really, really, really awesome. But definitely check them out. Check out Ryan and his uh, live coding streams. I believe he said he streams about uh, two times a week. Then the second session of the day that I went to was uh, introduction to GraphQL. So uh, for a bit, I've been actually learning GraphQL uh, between LinkedIn learning to egghead.io and then there were some YouTube videos. But it was super nice to just go to a, a session in person where I get to learn about of GraphQL. Now, and this one wasn't necessarily like us teaching you how to use it. Um, like a tutorial video, but it, it gave you kind of the reason why and the purpose as to why GraphQL existed and why uh, Facebook slash Meta created it um, and what solution they were solving. So we got a historical background behind it. Also, like what the meaning of graph and then the QL is for. So a graph, obviously, you know, it's it's a, a visualization of data and then in a graph format and then the ql just means query language so that's pretty much it um so that session was led by john uh patek uh, if i'm pronouncing that correctly I, i've heard it uh, very well one of my coworkers actually knows him and used to work with him uh, he's a senior enterprise architect at breakthrough which was actually recently acquired by us venture and he gave such a very clear and concise introduction to GraphQL. He went over some of the intricacies of GraphQL, how it benefits any modern day application when it comes to data generation, especially within an enterprise application or setting. So, for example, he works for a company that deals with like shipping logistics and they used to use a very old um I, I believe it was like a SQL formatted uh, based database uh, system and just dealing with rows, columns, and tables. But when they switched over to GraphQL, they were able to serve a lot more, millions and millions of packets in just one file. So that was one of the biggest scenarios that he mentioned, and that was pretty impressive. Then the third session, that I, the third and last session of the day, uh, was one called is your db database serverless ready and this session was actually led by james q quick uh, from compress.fm uh, or the james quick uh, youtube channel he is actually now a full-time technical content creator uh, formerly a planet skill developer advocate uh, he used to uh, work for microsoft as a technical evangelist when he got out of, uh, I think it was, he said straight out of college. And then he ended up as a developer advocate for OAuth. And then from there he went to planet scale. But because of that recent event that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, um, he became a full-time technical content creator and, uh, he does have courses and he has the, the uh, podcast with Amy Dutton, uh, that backs him up. But I was really happy to learn about serverless. Like what for me is like, what is the hype behind serverless? And uh, this session actually cleared that up. So James covered the meaning of going serverless, just the pros and the cons of going serverless and some of the tooling and services that provide serverless product offerings or functions. So he didn't necessarily talk about planet scale. He talked about just the overall uh, consensus of having a serverless um 
function within your application or uh, infrastructure uh, for your database. And that was really awesome to learn. And even talked a little bit about the edge and hype around it um, and emphasize on the importance of edge computing and how it benefits a web application from a full stack perspective, both front end and back end. Yes, the edge is, is, is a trend, right? It's, it's like a shiny tool syndrome type of thing. Everybody wants to do edge functions. Everybody wants to go to the edge. Now, you know, companies that, that really have good marketing on this, that executed well on this, uh, I would say would be um, Cloudflare. And then uh, most recently, like Vercel. Then you start seeing a lot of like other uh, Postgres tools like Superbase now has uh, the edge abilities. I think uh, Netlify also as well in terms of their, their hosting uh, service uh, for applications. So there's many companies that have that. And then you add that on with a serverless uh, type of a database it makes it even quicker more efficient uh, for a user when they're interacting with an interface and how that data um, is served at the instance of an interaction so it's super awesome to just learn the in-depths about that and if you guys want to just know a little bit more about this uh, just let me know if you want to have james a uh, quick over on the podcast here and we could talk about serverless uh, databases or even a svelte uh, you'll we'll talk a little bit about that in the next episode for day two um let me know. It would be awesome to get him on the podcast. Uh, you'll probably be the first like celebrity guest, <laughs> I would say, as someone who's very well known and recognized uh, in the uh, developer uh, community and industry. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's day one. I got nothing else to say in terms of uh, the sessions that I went to. But if you want more in-depth information of the notes that I took, well, I do plan on putting it on the website. So hopefully I can launch the website here in a couple days, just an MVP version. And then I can release the notes that I took over so you guys can see kind of the information that I gathered and also I'll leave some links in there as well. Thank you guys so much uh, for uh, sticking around <laughs> and dealing with my uh, cotton mouth podcast episode. <laughs> um, but I'm just really excited, guys. I, I'm really excited that you guys are here to support a Code Fellowship and be a part of this awesome community we're trying to build um, for Christian developers as well as non-believers. Um, we just we just want to show the love of Christ and the way that we uh, talk to each other and converse and geek out about technology. Uh, we know that technology can be used for evil things as well. Um, but as you know, a developer who um, wants to create solutions that helps people as, as a main goal. Yeah. Why not? Why not gather together and make a difference together, uh, whether of, you know, most people would say religious affiliations. I don't consider Christianity a religion. It is a lifestyle. Um, you, 
the lifestyle that you choose to walk with Christ is, is very important um, from day to day. And, and it brings a lot of peace in my heart and, and in many other Christians, I'm sure, uh, that are also developers. You know, we look at things from a different lens when we look at problems uh, compared to our other counterpart who may be non-believers or agnostics. And it, it brings a sense of joy when we're able to uh, have a victory uh, when we have solved the problem and be able to share that with others uh, without having to, like, you know, cut them with the Bible uh, as a as a knife. Uh, the word of itself does that on its own. We don't need to be. Uh, that aggressive, um, and that can also be left for the pulpit. Um, but on our day to day, we should never stop being the the light of the world or the salt of the earth. But I encourage you. I encourage you to stay motivated. I encourage you to seek the Father and His kingdom first, um, and all His righteousness from heaven. I just encourage you guys to. Uh, ask questions you know if it's something that you have a doubt in whether it's coding tech you know be humble ask questions never think that you may know the answer because whoever is uh, next to you may just have the answer that you're looking for and if you're going through tough times in your life the same goes ask those questions and see where we can help you and how we can guide you um, so that's that's what I have for inspiration of the day, I guess. Uh, this is like not a part of the format, but it's just something that was in my heart and I just wanted to share with you guys. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I do have one passing of the bread, a resource that I can share with you guys. If you are a UI UX a designer and developer, you guys should definitely check out designcourse.com uh, by Gary Simon. I'm actually going to sign up for myself and, and go through that to actually uh, help me better uh, not only understand how UI UX works necessarily, but have better discipline in the way that I uh, create design systems when I am developing an application or a website uh, for a client outside of my job and inside of my job uh, time frame. So, yeah, go check it out. Design course. Uh, that'll be in the show notes and video description if you're watching on YouTube. Take care, guys, and God bless.